But you know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Why do we have to learn about quadratic functions? Like, I'm not trying to be, I'm just like, why? And she goes, just do them. So I said, like, shouldn't we be learning about like balancing a budget or something like that? Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. We talk about a lot of heavy and serious topics around money on this show, but that doesn't mean I also don't like to have a good time and just shake off all of the bad money juju. So in this episode, we are going to do just that. Nathan McIntosh is a comedian based in New York, and he recently released this really funny special called Money Never Wakes. He also had two appearances on The Tonight Show and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert because, well, he's just really funny. So of course, I want you to check out his full comedy special, join him on one of his tour dates. But in the meantime, I want you to get ready to just laugh for the next 40 minutes or so about this thing we call money and how it plays out in our daily lives. We talk about billionaires going to Mars, why airline pilots should actually be making bank, and the confusing, very confusing way that money works. All right, let's start talking. 
I'm so looking forward to this conversation because you're a comedian and I feel like we need to have some sort of levity around money because people are freaking stressed out right now. There's, you know, the student loan thing coming up. There's uh, inflation. I mean, if you've been to the grocery store lately, it is just, I think, like an absolute horror show of what you have to pay for food. You know, the cost of housing. I mean, everything is just enough to like make you want to just kind of curl up in a ball <laughs> in the like yeah. the side of your room. And I want <laughs> If you have about, a room. If you have a room, right? If you're lucky enough to like have a roof over your head. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to talk about your your comedy special that's just this viral success, Money Never Wakes, because I think it's so interesting that you do a whole comedy special about money. So we're going to dive into all sorts of bits of that. But I want to start out talking about this quote from a New York Times article that just wrote about you and it's saying that, you know, money is like really confusing the way it works and it's really infuriating the inequities of class. And I, you know, I totally agree with that. We, um, I'm really interested in your story kind of growing up around money. I grew up in a family that, you know, we were, we were pretty well off. I, I lived in Houston, Texas, and then my dad got a job in Los Angeles, kind of transferred there. I'd no idea of like what LA was. And when we pulled up to the house, I remember my parents telling me that, you know, we now lived in Beverly Hills. I'm like, mm. Beverly Hills, you know, what is that? Not until Beverly Hills now, 210, like the show came out. Do I realize that was the thing? But my family was like the working class family in Beverly Hills. Everybody else had like maids and, you know, they mm. were like, you know, the parents were never home. And, you know, my mom stayed home and cooked and my dad went off, you know, to work kind of a, a traditional, um, I don't know, upbringing, if you will. But mm -hmm. there was still so much about money that I just, I never learned from them. I just never learned growing up. And I think this is like a story that no matter where we grew up, we all kind of share that. So, you know, tell me a little bit about, about your, you know, upbringing and, you know, do you, do you have any memories around money or when you first knew like money was this thing? Um, well, uh, so I grew up in Nova Scotia. I'm from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Why I got this seagull behind me. I, uh, my, my dad, my dad wasn't around. My mom, you know, my mom's a single mom. So she had a lot of, a lot of things were happening. So I remember at a very early age, knowing that money was a thing that was important because my mom would get bills and swear at them and like <laughs> throw them. And I'm like, okay. And I remember people calling the house. Cause this is when you could still, you know, student loan offices and visa could just call your house. So I'd pick up the phone and my mom be like, don't she'd mouth the words. Like, don't pick up the phone. I'd pick it up. Cause I'm a kid. I'm like, I don't know who's calling. And then she's like, don't, you know, and then visa would ask me, where's your mom? And I'm like, you know, she's, she's right. <laughs> she's right here. She's and that right was here. just like yeah. a, She's right there. That's my mom. So to kind of forcefully, I guess, I have, um, I, at a very early age, understood that money was a giant thing that was uh, needed. And it's definitely more of a thing if you don't have it. Um, so, I, so yeah, I, I remember thinking for sure at points in time, watching my mom do certain things and and not against her by any stretch. But I remember thinking as a kid, just kind of going, man, I don't want to... I don't want to live this way for forever. My God, some visa call my house, shaking me down. Some psycho who's making nine dollars sitting in a, a cubicle somewhere, you know. So, anyways, yes, I, I learned at a very young age that money was a real, real deal. 
It's so interesting. You know, I was, I just did this, um, I'll just preface this by saying, we'll just get this out here. I'm I'm not a funny person. I would not classify myself as like, you know, somebody that you would want in the boat to like, you know, keep everybody's spirits up. I mean, I I'm, you know, I'm a great like workhorse, like I will figure anything out, but I'm not, you know, the one that's going to be there telling the jokes. And, you know, my husband and I always have this thing where he's definitely way more funny than I am. And sometimes if there's like a down moment where we just had like an argument, he'll be like, well, do you have any jokes? And the joke is that I don't have any jokes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so I'm always like trying to construct something out of my head. So, you know, I think it's funny, like talking about money and talking about it from two different perspectives, yours from, you know, a more like levity, like let's, let's bring some light to it. And me, a more of just like, I don't know, let's dissect this thing, money. And, um, the point I'm kind of getting here is we were we were just watching this show last night um, on HBO called Angel City, and it was about this women's soccer club that um, a bunch of celebrities are kind of starting up in Los Angeles. And they were really talking about, you know, like women as as soccer players, not like the men who get paid, you know, really well, have mm-hmm. to decide like, do I, do I follow this passion thing that I really want to do and may, you know, make like pennies to the dollar or do I go off and just like get a, you know, corporate job and, you know, it just really made me think about this, this idea of money and how it's just this crazy thing that kind of gets in the way for most of us of like being and doing what we want to do in life. And like, what would it look like if we didn't have to have money, you know, have that sort of impact? We well, we might um, we might figure that out in the next little while if if tech stuff takes over the way that it might, and you know there are no more jobs, so there is no more money, and then the government has to be like, here's just two grand a month, sit home and order stuff from Amazon, have another box thrown <laughs> through your window while you just drink butter from a couch. Um, so I, don't I don't know. know. That I- sounds too bad, though. <laughs> Yeah, I I think it sounds miserable, but uh, I I can understand why people might, um, you know, think it would sound okay. But I I get what you're saying. It's, um, but on the other side of that, actually, and I kind of learned this too, coming up and talking to people on this sort of deal. There's so many people that make money, let's say, at whatever their job is, career is, but it's not a thing that they actually want to do. So they might make money and great and all that kind of thing, but they hate it. They they are completely looking forward to time off. They can't wait to get to a a beach where a seagull might attack their, you know, um Reuben sandwich. Um but the rest of their life they hate. Monday to th- to Friday <laughs> they can't stand it, you know? So I don't know. Sometimes there is that that balance as well, you know? So tell me, like, how did you decide to start a comedy special kind of all around money? I have, again, since I grew up and people have been talking about money for a long time. And I I mean, my mom would yell about bills, but she's also funny. So it was like a funny type of thing sometimes. But I've realized I've been talking about money for a long time now. Like just a long, I don't like I look at certain things that I have. I go. A lot of the stuff I talk about is money because it's been such a prevalent thing in my life. And, you know, the, the three things I think you're not really supposed to talk about in polite company or whatever is money, religion and politics. Right. And these are all the things that are the biggest <laughs> mess. Every one of these things is a nightmare because 
nobody ever talks about them, you know? Um, so I, I think it's just been a thing that's kind of been going on for a while. And I had the idea before the pandemic and then pandemic happened. And I just kind of thought, I want to see if I can try to put together a thing that's mostly about money. You know, I just, I, I just kind of like the idea of that. Yeah, I feel like we're, we can talk about religion and we can talk about politics right now a lot more openly than we can still talk about money. Like somehow money yeah. is fallen like way down on the list. And that, that's just something that still feels like, ooh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's like I guess, a really taboo subject. Yeah, well, I guess I guess because there'd be uh, people that don't really have money that might be um, not ner- anxious about talking about it because they don't want to let people know that they don't have money, right, to some kind of degree. And then there's very rich people who don't want you to know that they do have money because they think that the poor people are going to kick through their gates and eat them. So... You know what I mean? So, so there is just like this whole mess. And I don't know. I remember uh, um, in math class years and years ago, I asked my teacher, you know, she, she goes, okay, we're going to learn quadratic functions today. And uh, (laughs) an easy, easy one, easy thing. And I mean, you can kind of tell by me, I talk a lot and I ask a lot of questions and it's, you know, so I go, why do we have to learn about quadratic functions? Like, I'm not trying to be, I'm just like, why? And she goes, just do them. So I said, like, shouldn't we be learning about like balancing a budget or something like that? Like if you if you have money and you you got because I remember doing this with my mom a little bit, like I'd see her. She has a certain amount of money. She's got two kids. We're in a grocery store. There's things she has to get and there's things she's just not going to get. And each thing has to be thought out. So I was like, shouldn't we kind of be thinking about this? I got kicked out of the class. (laughs) This math teacher (laughs) threw me into the principal's office. And um, anyways, I was I was like, shouldn't we be learning about like, you know, math, money stuff? I mean, math, th- these go together. Quadratic functions. I don't even know if the person that whoever invented quadratic functions probably never did them again. They, they they wrote them down. They were like, oh, that's cool. And then they went to a garage or whatever, you know. None of what I just said, the last part didn't make any <laughs> sense. But but um. I've, anyways, I've been talking about money and stuff for a long, long time. So, so this thing kind of made sense. Do you find like people in the audience, like, are they super uncomfortable? Like, are people squeamish when you're talking about money or are they, you know, are they more open to it because it's, it's coming at them in this, you know, kind of funny, hilarious way, something that we can all relate to? I think, I think more so people are into it. Um, like I hear, I mean, when I was putting this whole thing together, I heard a lot of things of people being like, oh, man, that's that's true. Yes, I, I, we should have learned about money in school, all that type of deal. And then talking to people after, um, people were very excited about it. And then some of the clips I've posted have done very well. And, I, I you know, I've gotten a bunch of messages from these in terms of student loan stuff, um, talking about landlords, again, learning about money in school, how in my head anyway, and maybe I'm crazy. Billionaires seem to be like insane people, <laughs> right? It's just like, what do you, the, there's so many people out there that think, you know, there's people out there that have $200 million and they're like, yeah, but it's not enough. Cause I need a billion dollars. And I think most regular people who drive past an IHOP on the way to their doctor's appointment would murder somebody for 200 million 200 million dollars yeah i'd be really happy 
If you want to just like deposit that in my bank account right now, I would be really happy. (laughs) I'd be jacked. I mean, I wouldn't think, oh God, I'm minus 800 million. And then the fact that they just keep stacking it up. I mean, I don't know. But but anyways, to answer your question, the shortest possible way, people are more excited than anything when when I've talked about these things on the stage and stuff. Well, then you got billionaires like Elon Musk, right? Who are who are just thinking like we're all we're all just gonna you know ship off to Mars, and you know it's like it's it's so hard to relate. I feel like to so many you know quote unquote billionaires that somehow have this platform. Like I don't even live like a fraction of the version of life that you live. Like I don't even. Are you yeah. talking a different language? He is. He's talking to the other six people that will go to Mars. The rest of us. There are people that go to Disney World and they have to decide whether or not they're going to go to Epcot or Animal Kingdom. And that person is going to put their Crocs on and go to Mars. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. There's 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 six people going to Mars. Four of them we've never heard of. They live in the Earth. You know, two of them are the Waltons. And then there's there's Elon Musk, who, if I'm being serious, do you even want to go to Mars if you're going with Elon Musk? Elon Musk seems like one of the worst. He just kept talking. If he wouldn't have kept talking, he would have been like, oh, look at this wizard. He's talking about going to Mars. He's going to build a tunnel. But he kept tweeting and you go, but I don't care about anything you say. There's nothing you do or say that makes me think that you're cool or want to go to Mars with you, tunnel man. Right. Right. I don't want to go. (laughs) There's nothing on Mars. It's a horrifying thing to think about. You know, um, yeah, we're not going. Yeah, but it's like, you know, billionaires, I guess, just don't have anything else to do with their time, right? So it's like, what is yeah. the craziest thing I can do? Like, rather than, you know, let me take my money and let me help people, you know, eat. Let me help people, you know, live. Let me help people have jobs. It's like, no, let's do the craziest thing possible and yeah. let's keep trying to kind of like one up each other. Yes, that's Yes. They are doing it for each other, which is also, and maybe I'm stupid. I also feel like a lot of weddings are, uh, I feel some women don't really care, but then they see another woman have like a big wedding and they go, well, I need a big wedding. I guess I'm trying to say on on a local level, women are billionaires. (laughs) 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 We just think in terms of it's got to be bigger and better than this. My friend uh, Janice had had an elephant. I got to have... Bengal tiger with a saddle. I'm making things up, but but yes, you think if I was a billionaire and I don't know anything about anything, I'd like, I'd fix the roads that go from uh, Queens to Long Island. They're hell. I don't know if you've ever, I mean, they're hell. There's holes in them that I'm sure people have fallen into. I'm sure if you looked in there, there's a Ford Escape with three uh, three family members in it who have been stuck since 2016. weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 
50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard, 
You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. All right, speaking, speaking of the road, I know you're, you're a comedian, you, you travel a lot, you fly a lot, and I'd love for you to tell us about like your recent experience kind of getting bumped up to first class and like your take on, on, you know, the whole sort of airline travel system. Yeah. I mean, so the first time I was ever bumped into first class, you know what? I take back what I just said about highways. I don't want to help anybody. When you sit in first class, you just go, yes, I'm one of the chosen people. I've done it. Finally, society looks at me as the king that I am. They have salmon and look at these dirty people. They're all wearing Dorley Explorer t-shirts. These people are horrendous, slop-covered messes of garbage. Get them back there. Close the curtain. I don't want to see or hear them. And I'm up here with the uh, the good <laughs> the good people. <laughs> it it really did make me kind of think like if you are in that world, why would you ever uh, how could you care about this back here? Like when you're walking down the street, right? And you see ants, you don't think I have to get these ants a job. I got to make sure these ants are living okay. We're ants to the rich. We're in their way. We ugly up their beautiful world. And if we weren't here, I feel that they would <laughs> they would be happier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hopefully they're not, you know, trying to like, you know, trample on us like we probably do the poor ants marching down the street. I think they are trying to trample on us, if yeah, I'm being serious. So. You know, in in in, so. in in the other kind of ways, not the actual, but the weird ways of like, hey, we got AI now. Isn't that cool? And then again, one day you're sitting on a couch alone drinking butter, wondering where any sort of uh humanity went. All right, one of the jokes you tell that that really cracks me up and I just seriously was applauding when I was listening to it is that, you know, you think airline pilots, like truck drivers, subway subway drivers, yeah. like they should all be paid more. And I love this. Like I am fully behind, especially someone that is is driving and or flying an airplane in the sky. You know, I'm up what 40,000 feet in this like tin bubble. Floating yeah. around somewhere, maybe if I'm lucky enough in first class, and I'm relying on the person that I don't even know who's come mm-hmm. on the speaker like one time to safely <laughs> get me, yeah, someplace. And I, you know, I, I would love for you to tell 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 us more, but yeah, I want this person paid well. Yes, I my want life them paid is in their well. hand. My life is in their hands. I, I, they need to be paid more. 
Because the thing is, all these companies make a bunch of money, right? But the money doesn't go to the people that work these places. They go to some CEO who's literally just on a beach getting sunned. And he's he's sitting around being like, oh, my profits are a little down. I can't I can only buy four boats this weekend. I mean, I'm making things up. Pilots are so important. Um, truck drivers, I mean, it's like truck drivers literally everything you have at some point in time was driven to somewhere by a truck driver, somebody sitting in a a small cab by themselves, just listening to some four and a half hour podcast about how Bigfoot may or may not be real. And they have to get to this place on time or they don't even make the little bit of money that they are making. Like pay them more. But this is where companies are, are the billionaires, whatever, are squashing us is they're just going to get rid of truckers. They're just going to completely get rid of that. Planes soon enough will be completely automated. There will be no people anywhere. And again, we'll be sitting on a couch drinking butter uh yeah i mean i after the pandemic my husband and i drove from la to north carolina and we just we like we wanted to have a sign in the car just like thanking all of these truck drivers who were yeah. still out there like carrying our shit from place to place yeah. and you know dealing with you know covid and just all sorts of nonsense and it's just it's crazy that that they don't make money. I'm mean, just baffled just by like, back. this is your life. Yeah. Even just your back. Like you're sitting, I'm, you're sitting like this for out, like your spine and your drive. Give them more money, man. I used to work at a plumbing supply warehouse and uh, the guys that would come in there sometimes. I mean, it's not easy, man. Give them more money. Even just, you ever see a truck do something crazy? Like in terms of, even just parking. Give me totally. Like, how do you even take this trailer? And I, I've seen it happen, so it can happen, but like, how are you? There's some streets here in New York where I'm like, I see a truck start to come down. And I'm like, there's no way. No there's way. just no yeah. way. There's cars on each side. There's no, this guy's going to get stuck. Some magic way, this pure magician swings this thing around. You go, man, give, and this, I wouldn't even have a banana if it wasn't for this guy. Give him money for God's sake. All right. Speaking speaking of New York City, so you grew up in Nova Scotia, right? And uh -huh. very different world than than New York City. And you know, tell us a little bit about like what what that transition was like, like going from you know living in Nova, Nova Scotia to like trying to you know rent apartment in New York City, which is the probably the most expensive place ever. Yeah, I wonder what it which if there's cities that are more expensive. Now. And Toronto is real expensive, man. I, I used to live in Toronto as well, and I think Toronto honestly might be more expensive than New York now, in term if you factor in everything. But yeah, finding an apartment in New York is is a miserable experience. I mean, people are, you know, first of all, there's like a line of people to even see an apartment. You're in line with people. You know, you're four fifty, they're four fifty five. You have to go into this place. Sometimes there's people in the apartment because there's not enough time for them to get out and get people in. So you're watching somebody's whole life while you're walking through, thinking about what you're going to do with this place. They got cats. I mean, you don't even want to live in the, you want to live in the apartment, but once you see somebody else living in it, you're like, this is, I don't want to be here. This is gross. And then the, the, the broker fees, the, the, the uh, first and last month's rent plus whatever. I mean, 
the broker fee is a crazy one. It's it's a wild thing. And and there's a lot of apartments that won't they won't show uh their their apartments to anybody that doesn't go through a broker. Like so mm, the broker's right, like okay. this. Yeah, yeah. This So like you this, have to have it. You got to go through this guy and if your apartment's 4 grand a month, this guy wants 4 grand plus the f- <laughs> I mean it's it's just like and all you did was answer an ad. I don't even know what we're doing here. So Finding an apartment in New York, thank God I have one. You know, let me touch a wall. <laughs> thank God that right now yeah. I have a place to lay down and weep. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was going to say, and, that's, and it's probably like, you know, not, not the biggest, biggest space. If we know New York City, you know, it's usually like enough for like a bed, a couch, a kitchen, and that's pretty I, much it. I have a, I'm kind of lucky. I got an apartment that was made before the war and the war being World War II. That's how, you know what I mean? Um, but before the war, the, the the Great War, people wanted you to live pretty decently. I mean, this apartment is okay. And then something happened again. I don't know if it was, again, somebody was just like, we need, we can make more money. Make the apartment smaller. So somebody, when they open their door, it hits them in the face. They have to sleep with two walls crushing them. But we'll just make more apartments. It's the same way with flights, you know, that used to have some kind of leg room. And then they're like, yeah, but if you just jam a seat into a guy's knees, we can have two more people in here. And that's another $1,200. And they won't mind. You know what I mean? mean, Yeah, they're going to get up and fight somebody every once in a while. But big deal. That has nothing to do with me. I'm a CEO on a beach. Drinking two Mai Tais, looking at women. What do I care? <laughs> I love it. Uh, something I want to I want to talk about. There was there was just this report out recently that talks about. I mean, we all know this, like the lack of financial literacy, how it's become this kind of epidemic. So I think it's really great that you're, you know, making comedy special about about money because I think it it makes people think, right? Think about money, even if they're doing it in kind of a you know laughing way. But you know, like, what are your thoughts on financial literacy in America? Like, are we just are we just doomed? Is this just going to continue to repeat itself for generations? Are we ever going to figure this thing out? Hopefully, it gets figured out. I mean, I think uh, when I was growing up in Canada, they didn't teach about money in school. But recently, I think in the last year or two, they've started to implement that. Which I think uh, there's a lot of things we got to learn about. Obviously, finances has got to be at the like. Top gotta be. three in there. It's got to be up there. I say it's got to be up there with like learning how to put a condom on a banana. Yes. I'd say before the banana condom. Before the banana you condom. Need, yeah, you need, I would argue that too. You need money most times to get a condom. <laughs> you also probably going to need a couple of bucks to even get to a position where you're putting a condom on your banana. You know what I mean? So either way, yes. Money needs to be talked about in... Uh, in in schools i i don't know if it'll it it just happened in canada it happens in other countries so maybe there is a point in time where it does happen here but it's very sad that it doesn't because man you just find out one day on your own taxes are coming i mean i find i found out about tax from um and you kind of hear about it but when i first got a job when i was 15 i got a you know the statement and I'm looking right. at it. I'm like, what is this? Because it goes, you made whatever, 400 bucks. And then underneath, they're like, that was your uh, gross. And this is the net. I'm like, what's net? Why <laughs> Why is this less money? And my manager goes, oh, yeah, you go, money goes to tax. I'm like, 
What? So I don't even pay that? They just take it? I'm like, this is craziness. I had this this money, you know? So I don't know. Yes. I don't know if we're screwed. Hopefully somebody somewhere decides that uh, financial literacy is a major thing that we should we should have a much better understanding of. Yeah. And like piggybacking on that, like what about credit cards? I don't know what your first experience with credit card was, but I got mine when I was in college. And, you know, I remember there was like a little, uh, you know, fold up table kind of stand that I went past and they're like, Hey, you know, gives you a security number. Here's a credit card. And Oh, by the way, here's like an ugly t-shirt with the logo yes. from the credit card company that you're going to yes. love. And, you know, I immediately threw it away and took the credit card and then of course maxed it out. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm lucky in a way because I learned about credit cards from my mom. All hers were jammed. So I was like, credit cards scare me in in the way of that doesn't go anywhere, man. Those bills don't really go anywhere. And the interest on these things is insane. I mean, they can go somewhere for whatever, but I get mad when I see those kiosks. When I see those kiosks in the the airport, I'm already here... You know, I'm I'm here for a reason. This isn't a banking trip. I, I'm I came here. I just took my shoes off. I'm trying to get to a flight, and now you want me to like get a credit card in the? I hate it. Like I want to flip the thing. Why is this right. in the airport? This could if we can get credit cards this easily. There's no way they're good, and they're not. I hate credit card commercials. I'll tell you that too. Anytime I see wow. like. Some super celebrity doing a backflip into a pool, being like, oh, get the new Capital One card. It's got an 18.9%. Shut it off. Burn it. Burn this. Why is everybody smiling? Have you ever seen people when they look at their credit card bills? Are they jacked? Are they dancing with somebody that was in (laughs) RoboCop 4? No. I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. But obviously, uh, having a credit card is a is a pretty decent thing in, 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 uh, in a lot of situations, but I, I'm, I don't look at them as any kind of cute, fun thing, the way they're promoted. I look at them as the horrific little plastic demons that they are. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, Therapist and international best-selling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds. Experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards 
We'll remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, and I I know another thing that you're really passionate about is, and you talked about this a little earlier, that, you know, everybody made comments about your your take on uh, on student loans, and we we know here at least in America that in June, so very soon, we're gonna have some sort of ruling about student loan forgiveness. Mm. I've had experts on the show, um, one recently who said, you know, I don't think it's gonna happen, but I think the thing that might be coming after it, like that they'll kind of shove on the back end of it, is actually gonna be more beneficial for people than the forgiveness. So I don't know. I mean, it's you know, mm-hmm. it's in the hands of the Supreme Court, and you know. God only knows what's going to happen from there. But, you know, h- how do you think we deal with with the student loans? I mean, at least here in America, like it's just it's getting worse and worse. It's like credit cards. Like it's just, yeah. you know, not in. And, and now people are like it feels like it's almost like, you know, funny money when somebody's thinking about like some of my friends who have kids and they're thinking like, oh, it's going to be like three hundred thousand dollars plus to send my kid to college. I mean, how do you even like fathom that? That is just ridiculous. No, that's an insane amount of money. And again, a lot of the things you're, I mean, it's almost like signing up for a credit card and they give you a t-shirt. A lot of the college stuff you're, uh, you're paying for, oh, look, we have a ping pong table. Oh, wow. We have a lazy river so that you can get uh, prepared to sit on your couch. I just saw something that I forget which college or university. They have a lazy river. I wish I could remember the name of it, but yeah. Where are they going to put this money? be in there. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's like, it's like, I used to talk about this a little bit, you know, cause people are like, I don't want to go to community college or whatever, because I want to go to an expensive school because the, the education's better. It ain't what you're paying for is the name brand. That's the thing that, that people go, Oh, you went to Harvard, but it's not like if you went to a cheaper school, they just rip chapters out of a history book. The, the, the stuff is still the same. It's just the dirty name and you don't get a ping pong table or a, or a lazy river. But you still get an education, but you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what people are going to do. I, I wouldn't even, I don't know. School seems, uh, horror. Like I, I know people that have, somebody I know has, a, owes $200,000. What do you oh, even do easily. with that? You yeah. Know? I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, it can't even, it can't even be a reality. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. So like, and I, I used to teach at a, a university in Los Angeles. I taught there for about 10 years and I created the financial literacy course for this mm. college. And I taught, you know, well over probably four or 5,000 students in, in 10 years about financial literacy. Most of them were first generation. So then they would go home and like take this information to their parents or to their family members and like teach them about money. And, you know, it felt like this really cool thing. But I, I you know, I walked into the dean's office one day and was saying, you know, like, we need to make this like a one credit, like mandatory class. You know, we could even make it like virtual online, something that that students just go through just to have like this baseline information, you know, especially yeah. for like handing out student loans, like, you know, candy to students, you know, and it's, it's so sad, but, you know, university system, they look at you and they're like, well, no, 
you know, we, we're not going to do that. We don't have that in our budget. We don't have, I'm like, what? This is crazy. You might so, have it in the budget if we had the class in the first place, you know? Exactly. So <laughs> like, if we taught about know, budgets. Yeah. So like we're having to take some, you know, crazy like medieval history class or something, you know, ridiculous, like you were saying that we're never going to use again, but something yeah. useful. It's like, oh, no, forget it. Like just go and figure it out on your own. I mean, it's just, it blows my mind. It does. And then there's also the part two, and this is the more conspiratorial part, I guess, that they that you go, well, this is clear that this isn't an accident. They don't want people to know about money. You know what right. I mean? They want you mm-hmm. to sit at home, put your hungry man dinner in the microwave, go to wait your Wait for that Amazon driver. <laughs> wait for that Amazon driver to, to overhand throw your Star Trek commemorative plates through your window. And then you sit down on a couch, eating those little pizza bites, drinking a cup of butter, waiting for another credit card bill to show up, you know, because I don't know. Again, it, it, it is it a complete weird mistake that they decided to never teach anybody about money or mm-hmm. is it some yeah. odd how, design? How conspiracy, yeah, can we get out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about another like kind of funny money topic, crypto. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, crypto is, is one of those things I've had so many people ask me about crypto. I personally haven't touched crypto just because yeah. I kind of felt like it's going to be this, this wild ride, but you know, tell me like, do you have experience with crypto or? Yeah, I bought crypto. I, I, and I fought to get crypto. I don't know if you know, crypto is not an easy thing to get. I had to go to certain websites. I had to send my passport to God knows who. To Mars. <laughs> yeah, it went to Mars. And then they send me back some weird passport. They're like, go to this website at this certain time. We only take this and this. You can't. Anyways, I fought to get crypto at the height of it. Like this is during the pandemic when people are like, oh man, Ethereum is at $5,000 a coin. And it's it's definitely going to go up to 15000 because why wouldn't it? I bought it. It's got to go up. I bought that and Bitcoin and something else at like the heights. And I swear to God. I put money into this thing thinking, okay, real money is is toast. Nobody's ever going to be able to work again. I mean, this is in the pandemic when you go, none of this is going to end. And I, like a week, a week into this, it's all just tumble, gone. A week later. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't even get any of the good journey because I've put, I've put up jokes about this and people go, well, you're an idiot, man. You should have bought in in 2009. I go, how did you know to buy crypto in 2009? It was hard to buy in 2021. I, I Would I have had to go into a cave in 2009? Do I have to know the man who made Bitcoin to even do this? How do people know? So I, I don't know. I have definitely taken a full bath, water to the top of the tub, suds, rubber duck bath <laughs> on crypto. Who knows where it'll end up, but Man, hasn't it didn't help me. So so like where do you go from here? You got this like super viral uh show about money. Like what comes next for you? I'm trying to make another thing about tech. Okay. All Interesting. about tech. Yeah. Cause it's another thing I find myself yelling about a lot. I guess I'm kind of an old man who's like a young man, but um I'll never have an Alexa. I'll never talk to my TV. And there's just parts of it again that that I think also kind of, I've joked about it a little bit here, but that also go with money. If nobody, if every job gets taken by a machine and nobody can work, where do we 
Have you ever been to a town where the, the factory left? Oh, yeah. It's just like there's nothing. It's run yeah. down. It's like, yeah, it looks like yeah. it was like frozen in time from whatever year that was that a yeah. factory left. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody's like 39 or whatever. They're working at a factory. Factory leaves. And then like a week later, this person looks 59. Their teeth are falling out of their head. They have a limp and they're doing Percocet in a ditch. And somebody would be like, well, they should move with what to where, how. So anyways, the, um, the next, I'm, I'm trying to do a whole thing about tech. <laughs> I love like, How do you, how do you like put, you know, how do you put jokes together? Like, I'm really like interested in like, the whole process. I mean, do you, do you just like sit around and kind of like tell yourself jokes or do you, you know, have a few, <laughs> have a, I mean, you know, do you have yeah, a few you. friends that you, that you, you know, call up and be like, is this funny? Is this not funny? Can I, you relate to this? Um, I don't know. I think about things that my girlfriend listens to a lot of stuff. I mean, I use, I use too many words, as you know. Uh, I, I just talk. So I'll be like, hey, do you... And then I'm now writing about a thing for a couple minutes to my girlfriend. I guess I just kind of talk things out. And if something... And then when things hit me in a way of like um, those stupid credit card kiosks, I'm talking like visceral hate. I want to flip this kiosk get this out of the airport i'm running with a belt in my hand i need to get to san diego leave me alone i'm not signing up for a real quick thing about credit cards this is the other criminal criminal thing about credit cards if you pay off your credit cards on time the bank will just up your limit right like here's more here's more they just send you a thing they just go Oh, what was your limit? Five grand? Oh, hey, you've been good with it. Here's 10 grand. Oh, here's 15 grand. You go, I didn't ask for this. And they go, yeah, we know you didn't ask for it, but we hate when you pay off your credit card. It bothers us. So please get into debt. Go buy a a Tesla truck, please, so that we can continue to sit on the beach drinking two Mai Tais, looking at women. (laughs) It's got to be the two Mai Tais, right? (laughs) It's always got to be two. You can't, it's you know what I mean? Two. Both of them. All right. So, I mean, this has been hilarious. Obviously, we've, we've, we've talked, you know, a lot about money from a lot of different perspectives. But, you know, for everyone listening, um, you know, hopefully this, this makes them feel, I don't know, like some of these, these common things that we can all relate to around money that, hopefully. you know, it's okay, <laughs> right? So that we can, yeah, we can, we can, we can chalk some of these up. We've all made money mistakes. We've all invested in stuff we shouldn't have. We've all, mm-hmm. you know, put too much on our credit card or, you know, we've all done the things. But, you know, I mean, I guess kind of on a little serious note, you know, what do you want people to, to ultimately remember about money and remember about like the, the place and position that, that money has in their lives? Oh my God. That's a big question. What do I want people to remember about money? Oof. Cause I mean, I, I don't know every, I don't know a lot about money at all. And I think that's part of the special in general. I was, I'm trying to figure out, uh, money and things and, and such. Um, man, I guess I want people to remember about money. I know from my own personal life and watching people when I was growing up and stuff, I never ever wanted to be in a place where I'm asking people for money, depending on other people for 
money is a is a is a miserable place to be. It's even a miserable place to see, you know? So man, I don't know how to string that together to answer your question, but I guess somehow what do people got to remember about money is that we have to figure it out at least in a way that like your money is your money and you're making you're not depending on a complete person for your money, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. No matter who yeah, that yeah. is, whether it's a parent or whatever the case may be, because let's say you're a person who's fortunate enough to have a parent that can pay your rent. There's a limit on how long you can do that. Uh, one, before your parent gets mad. Two, before you think, well, wh- they have to give it to me. Now you're 25. They decide, hey, we're not paying your rent anymore. And now what are you? You're a guy who's sitting on the couch drinking butter, having his rent paid. How do you go make rent now? Your question was very big, and I wish I had a better answer, but also I used too many words. I, I need to stop talking. <laughs> no, no, I think that's great. You know, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll put on my 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 recovering certified financial planner hat, you know, just for a minute, you know, going through this kind of, you know, stringing together all these all these jokes and concepts and thoughts about money, you know, how has it changed how how you do money now? Are there any areas that you still are just really struggling with? I mean, uh, making more money would be would be a, a a a thing. That'd be pretty great. But beyond that, I guess I'm I'm also like, and I think I know what the answers are to a degree. They're all sort of, I don't want to say boring, but they're they're not uh, sexy. I guess in terms of what you should do when you get money. But as yeah, a, it's not, and that's the hard thing. It's like yeah. it's not sexy. You know, yeah. and everybody's always looking for the sexy. Like, what's the sexy? I'm like, it's not sexy. It's, it's not, not, right? Sorry. That's just what it yeah. is. It's like yeah. put money aside, invest a certain percent into stocks, have a portfolio, all that sort of deal, right? I mean, is this what you would tell people if they came to you and were like, what do I do with the money that I have? How do I keep more of the money that I have, you know? A thousand percent. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not, you know, and, and I think that's the hard part is that people want something like yeah. just, you know, they want the Mars, like they want the answer that is just like the epiphany. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, I just paid you a lot of money to tell me the things that I thought I already knew. I'm like, well, yeah, pretty much. But if if you would have known those things and you would have done those things, you wouldn't have had to come to pay me to tell you to do those things. So yeah. we got to figure out like the rubber in the road. We got to figure out like, why aren't you doing those things? You know, so it's this whole like really interesting um I don't know, you know, kind of, you know, conversation dialogue that happens, you know, between like money expert and like person, but you're right. I mean, the, the, the thing is, it's really, you know, just, you gotta make more, save more. You gotta be intentional with the money you've got. You gotta, you know, get it out of your thought process, automate as much as you can, send it off to the places, build the money buckets and, you know, hope it all works out. Live within your means, all that sort of deal. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I wish, I yeah. wish there was something, you know, a little bit I know. Flashier. Well, this is, this is the allure of crypto, you know? Crypto totally. bypasses all of this. You're like, I put a couple dollars over here and now I'm buying a, a mansion in New Zealand? Sick. I mean, wouldn't it be great to just find a way to laugh about money rather than freaking out about it all the time? I know it was definitely a very welcome surprise to have Nathan on the show and to talk about money in this way. So I hope you had a lot of fun in this episode and that it also brought a smile to your face, a little relief around this subject called money. 
If you want to check out Nathan's special Money Never Wakes, you can find it on his YouTube channel. And you can also go to his website, nathanmackintosh.com for all of his upcoming tour dates. If you enjoyed this episode, hey, share it right now with a few friends who could also use a little laugh about money right about now. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links that I mentioned in this episode, as well as our episode sponsors who make this show possible. I'll see you back here in a few days, my friend, for a brand new episode. <music>